Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Blood Slut. I'm having a Black Friday sale until the 28th of November 2022. My signature online course, Blood Magic, is on sale for 50% off. That means you'll be paying only 250 Australian dollars for a course valued at over two grand. Payment plans are available. All of the details are in the show notes, including a link to enroll in the course. All you have to do is use the code BLACKFRIDAY at checkout. Welcome into the realm of blood sluts and blood magic, where we work together to heal period shame, heal our pussies and wombs, and find the way to more pleasurable periods and sex lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, period empowerment guide, sexual healing guide, and menstrual blood witch. All right, so today on Blood Slut, I'm joined by Emily Duncan. Emily is a sexologist and founder of Emily Duncan Sexology and is host of the podcast That's Orgasmic. Emily is passionate about empowering people to have the sex they want to have through building knowledge, confidence, and sexual tools. Emily uses she, her pronouns. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Today, we're going to chat about um, how to have more pleasurable and enjoyable dating and casual sex lives. And we'll also probably chat a bit about red flags to look for uh, when dating and having casual sex and then also green flags and then also I want to chat a little bit about the friend zone as well so my first question for you is what is your sexual orientation if you're open to sharing and how do you express your sexual self in the world yeah so my sexual orientation I've like kind of battled with it battled with it for a little bit because I'm not big on labels like I've kind of struggled to like put a label on it so I've like explored a few things being like does bisexual suit me and I'm like it does but then I hate the sexualization that comes with it from cis men and then I was like is it pansexual like I don't know so now I just go by queer because like queer just covers it all I can be flexible within it and not really feel like I'm getting you know put in a in a box um so and also most cis men are like queer slash or like you know they don't they don't get it so it doesn't get sexualized as much so yeah I feel like queer is probably the best if I'm gonna pick a label the best one to describe my sexuality yeah fuck yeah I identify as queer as well I've never thought of it like that before how it's not as sexualized but that's so true yeah yeah 100% like especially with like cis men they're kind of just like it doesn't have that like yeah they're like "Eh." like, oh we could have a threesome or like oh you know yeah it's kind of like queer it's like like they don't really necessarily they either don't get it or they'll just think like oh like they only have sex with like vulvas or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how do you express your sexual self in the world 
I feel like I express myself in so many different ways when it comes to my sexual self. I think being like a sexologist, my podcast, my Instagram, social media, literally my top right now, I hate you, I love sex. Like, Oh my God, I, where did you get that? Um, <laughs> I got it from Beginning Boutique and I can't remember what the brand's called. It's like a, it's on a few different websites, but definitely Beginning Boutique and I think it's also on Dolls Kill. But okay. I like, you know, I feel like I'm constantly expressing aspects of my sexuality out to out to the world. Um, yeah, and I feel like I'm also privileged that I get to do it in a professional setting and have fun with it in that way. And then also in my personal life, um, whether I'm dressing up to make myself feel feel sexy or feel like I'm tapping into my sexual identity or, yeah, just like there's so many different ways. Mm, thank you so much for sharing. And that colour looks so cute on you as well. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, let's get into the questions. So many women, AFABs and FEMS can struggle a lot with having enjoyable, pleasurable and respectful casual sex. What do you think is at the root of this? Yeah, so I 100% think it's like society, a patriarchal society. We have not been brought up in a society that prioritises people with vulvous pleasure at all like the focus is so on penises we see it like in the media with the way like the sex is betrayed somebody like often it will be penis and vagina sex there's no outer play no foreplay it's literally just straight penis in the vagina couple minutes orgasm they both happen to orgasm at the same time and it's like amazing fireworks and it's just like not the reality of sex and I think when we're not getting the sex education to tell us that this is not the reality and how to actually have pleasurable sex, then this is why I feel like so many people struggle to have enjoyable casual sex in particular, because I feel like in casual sex, you don't necessarily have that relationship where you've built on like, this is what I like and talking about things and building, building up, I guess that that relationship and description you've both got like you know your pleasure descriptions of like this is how to fuck me um Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily have that and I also just feel like sex is so centered around like penis and vagina penetration which excludes so much opportunity for pleasure like we know like it's only like 20% of people with vulvas can orgasm from penetrative sex so why the fuck are we always having penetrative sex why is that the focus and not you know anything else so I feel like that's just another reason because if that's all you've known or that's how you think you know you should be able to have pleasurable sex then of course it's not going to be enjoyable if that's the only way you're having sex um and also it's so centered around a penis like um when they orgasm typically sex is done especially for cis men like that's typically when sex is done and they're they're not looking at you know continuing afterwards like there's just so many moments in my life where they're just like roll over and like that was amazing and I'm like what about me Uh, (laughs) like I'm I'm still ready to keep going (laughs) like there's just been so many of those moments and I just had a flashback then actually of somebody cis man and they were like I think they were 22 and they we had sex and it was all about them um was very quick which was kind of fortunate I guess that I didn't have to like <laughs> stick it out but I then we had a conversation afterwards and I mentioned that um that I'm also attracted 
to um to women and they were like oh well but how would you know when to stop having sex and I was like excuse me because they thought that like it's all about a penis and when a penis ejaculates that's when you know sex is done so how could you possibly know if there's people with vulvas having sex because they don't we either don't orgasm or I don't know what his reasoning was but I was like gobsmacked I was like what do you mean like (laughs) I'm speechless I was I was literally speechless. I didn't know what to say. And like I was younger than them too. And I was like, no wonder. Yeah, like no wonder. Was the percentage you said said before 20%? Yeah, it's about 20%. That is so much. I mean, I'm not surprised, but like that is so low. Holy shit. And like I'm I mean, I'm not even surprised after hearing that story, like that only 20% of vulva owners orgasm from penetrative sex, was it? Was that the yeah from penetrative sex yeah, and that's without that's... like any clitoral stimulation? Yeah, because we're just so conditioned, aren't we, to think that that's what happens. That's when it ends. It ends when the penis comes, and then you clean the cum 100%. off, and then the end. <laughs> the end, a hundred percent. And like that, that's literally just it. And like I've literally like had like cis men before literally just like they get up straight away like no aftercare they're just like yep yeah, I'm done checked out jump on their phone or whatever and I'm just like mm. what is ha- like this is not this is not enjoyable this it's isn't so rude for me. it is so rude and like I it, that doesn't have that aspect of like what you would want respectful sex to be like we have both come to connect together let's you know actually do that and not not just be like this quick transactional you get your orgasm your pleasure we're done I feel like that's almost like a red flag isn't it when they behave in that way because it's like if if they behave like that if they get on their phone they don't do any aftercare they've literally just treated you like an object like a hole that they've just fucked and it's kind of like you've just proved that you're a fucking piece of shit like a hundred percent it's literally like being just like a human pocket pussy Mm. I'm like if you want to do it yourself you do it yourself literally literally and like it's just and I've seen it happen to so many of my friends like I literally have had friends before that I've lived with and like the guy will come over and then they'll be gone within 10 minutes so I messaged him I said what the fuck happened and they're like it it was just like they came over straight to penetration done and just left and I was like what like some just the audacity <laughs> oh it's shocking shit that's horrendous <laughs> yeah it is horrendous and I feel like I've had my fair share of it too where I'm just like I've had so so much casual sex that I'm just like I feel like I've just seen so much like I've seen the whole spectrum (laughs) me too it's such a broad spectrum too isn't it it's like you get the ones who literally will like bend you over pong pong and then they'll just come uh and then you get the ones that'll like yeah just like literally like I don't know just like completely treat you like shit like they don't even look at you like they look like at the pillow next to your head have you had that before yeah, well, so, so many of that? them like are, you gay? like, are you gay? Oh. Are you in denial about your sexuality? Why aren't you looking me in the eye? <laughs> I know so many people I know, even people that I've, like, seen for a few months, they just, they can do eye contact for just a little bit, but, like, they just can't do it. Or they, like, instead of, if they're not looking here, like, next to me or, like, 
at my face, they'll be like just watching their dick, like watching what they're doing. And I'm like, that screams gay. <laughs> they're literally just like watching them, them fuck me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, maybe that's like a thing for you, but like, I just, I need, I, and like, I've only really had like one casual sex encounter where there was just so much eye contact that I was like, it was one of the just most like, I don't know the word, like powerful almost. Like it was just, mm. I had never connected to somebody so much in something that was casual and just like, it just, just felt like more like, I don't know if spiritual is the word, but like more just intimate. felt more, yeah, that's it, more intimate. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize you could get this with the casual sex as well. Like I could have mm. both. <laughs> There's so much potential for more pleasure in casual sex, isn't there? Like if people just look literally as simple as looking in, each other's eyes and you can like ramp up the pleasure like so 100%. much and like eye contact is such a simple thing and it's such a like it's just so powerful it's such mm. a powerful like tool that you can use in sex mm. and because it just hardens everything and like it just you feel so much more connected to that person why do you think men avoid the eye contact what's your theory on that <laughs> I definitely think if they have a fear of intimacy, I feel like especially with casual sex, they just like, it's like they do everything to try and make it as not intimate as possible sometimes. Or if then being intimate during maybe the, either the aftercare or the time in between seeing each other can be a bit like them really like pulling back. So it doesn't, I guess, develop further, which of course, if you have those boundaries in place, for a casual relationship that's fine but I feel like definitely fearing intimacy also either like I feel like for some men they think that like especially like cis women are just gonna like get really attached and like Mm. maybe if they're having that sex they might reserve it for like their relationships and like for not for like Mm. yeah like for the more long-term relationships maybe um or they're just like yeah just scared of I guess being seen and really connecting to somebody like that Mm. yeah I agree with all of those 100% all right shall we move on to the next question yeah absolutely um so (laughs) trying to read in the dark here (laughs) um okay so I personally find it so frustrating seeing friends get hurt by cis men because in this particular episode we're only speaking to Femmes, vulva owners, and women who sleep with cis men. We're not really talking about queer sex. Um, And they're so often violated. Their boundaries are crossed. They're left feeling defeated with little hope in finding a respectful partner or sex buddy. What do you think are some red flags to look out for when dating or hanging out with a potential sexual partner? There are literally so many red flags. I feel like I've seen so many of them. I'm really good at putting my blinkers on too. And just feel like they're not there. <laughs> yeah, we <know. laughs> Um, I feel like when we're looking at like casual sex, especially if like you are really just there for sex, if they're not prioritizing your pleasure, like if it's not this like mutual thing where we're we're both trying to, you know, show up and pleasure each other, if it's literally just all about them and they're just like trying to get themselves off I feel like that's a massive red flag because it's like well what's the point of having sex with this person if 
you know you're not going to get any enjoyment out of it like Mm. if they're not doing anything else like contributing like in any other way to your life and it's purely something that you're you know sexual why are you having sex with somebody that it isn't enjoyable and I've done it myself where I will literally have sex with people it's not even enjoyable because I'm more maybe trying to get like intimacy or just something else out of it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but I think definitely if they don't prioritize your pleasure um another red flag I think is if you're having penetrative sex and they don't bring up a conversation about using a condom and just go just like put their dick in if they just go to do it straight away I think that is a red flag because it shows Mm -hmm. they don't prioritize their sexual health they don't obviously have conversations around sexual health so then also are they talking about like boundaries are they talking about the things they like do they even know what they fucking like like I feel like it brings up this whole like can of worms and if they're you know not using a condom with you and they're not even picking up they're probably not doing it with anybody else unless they're having that conversation so I also think that's definitely a red flag um, I think depending the rest of them, then I guess I feel like a more on your relationship dynamic because obviously that could be quite like diverse. But you know, are they asking about your day? Are they actually interested in you and still treating you like a human? Like, do they ask about your day? Do they even ask you questions? The amount of cis men that oh. don't even ask questions, <laughs> right? Like, what it's is fucked that? I don't know. Or like they'll ask one, but no follow up questions. Like they don't seem interested, and like. I I remember like I saw a TikTok or something about it and then I was like wow I feel like I've just been programmed to not necessarily pick up on that mm. um and just talk and because I am a talker so I would just mm-hmm. like talk Me make too. conversation whatever fill in the awkward silences <laughs> yeah and then you you sit and reflect and you're like hang on did they even ask about me and like I literally had a moment it wasn't even like we weren't um like it wasn't sexual at all I literally was just giving a guy a lift home so we were together for about 20 minutes he did not ask me a single question. And I was like, I thought you were one of my friends. But like now, because I had this new, like consciously looking out for it, I was like, he didn't even ask me a single question. I was like, uh, like what? Like, what is happening? And I he's was one like, of your why? mates. Yeah, somebody that wow. like, I went through like uni with. And I was like, you didn't, you haven't even asked me like how my uni's going, anything. It was just all about him or silence. Mm, so so egotistical. I know, I know. And it was just something that I've just never, I guess, until I had that thought, I was like, oh, I'm actually going to look out for this now. And like, are they actually like, Mm. are they going to actually ask me questions? And especially the follow-up questions, because it's one thing to be like, oh, like, how was your day? And then you say, oh, this is, this happened. And like, ask about it. Like, you know, not just having that one question, because I feel like that, you know, they have that and they just think like, yeah, done. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, definitely like just them being interested in your life. Another thing with casual relationships and really any relationship, if they like tell you they're going to do something and then they don't do it and then they tell you like, they just keep telling you, yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And then they just keep not doing it. For instance, like say you're like, okay, I have a really busy week. I would really appreciate at the start of the week, you could tell me when I might be able to see you during the week. And they're like, yeah, that's easy. I've literally had people be like, yeah, that's the bare minimum. No worries. They never do it. They will only ever message me last minute. So I think when they consistently like tell you they're going to do something, or you know give you this expectation that like yeah I can meet that and then they never do it I think that's also another Mm. definite red flag in these relationships um let me think what else there's literally it's like so many um I guess also depending on your relationship 
dynamic I feel like with casual it's not as much but like sometimes the times that they're seeing you like once again if it's super last minute if that's what you're looking for in the casual relationship but maybe if it's that bit more of an intimate casual relationship like friends with benefits like what's I guess it kind of ties into the last point like your expectations of like when you're actually going to see each other or is it just like I guess that last minute I need to quickly get myself off thing or is it more of an intentional I want to make the time to see you Mm. Mm. yeah and also I feel like even if like you're always the one to message them first to like organize a hangout 100%. yeah mm-hmm. and like if if they're never like doing it and they're kind of just like maybe doing it to please you or to like I don't know keep you around or you know that kind of energy yeah absolutely and like it's exhausting if you're constantly in like the like the chasing energy and like constantly having to put mm. yourself out there for that like that is exhausting kind of damaging like as well to your like self-worth and like just your confidence too yeah absolutely and I feel like casual relationships in like today's dating could be so harsh on your self-worth like it mm. can be it can just like break you down so much so you need to really know like what you want and be able to stick to what you're and like be aware of your boundaries and things so that you don't find yourself like you know getting getting um like yeah just lowering your self-worth even more to to match what they're wanting I guess Mm, mm. I think so many of us like lower our standards (laughs) to like have casual sex because there's not a lot of cis men out there not that I've met anyway that um have good communication (laughs) skills and actually like you said like put energy into the um situationship or the fuck buddy thing or whatever it is like a lot of them just they don't seem to take it seriously or they don't even treat you like a friend like you said like the whole like they don't even treat you like a human like they dehumanize you just so they can get their dick wet and I just think yeah there's so much room for like more communication and like just more expansion in this like area for like men to just like get on top of this shit so we can all have more pleasurable sex lives because it really comes down to them like obviously like us as well but mostly them they're always the ones that let us down really like I feel like a lot of women are probably communicating you know a lot of us are like communicating these things but then they're just not getting met with yeah decency (laughs) no 100% and like I think they also like I goes both probably both ways because like I mean I've experienced myself sometimes like having that communication I feel like can be scary for some people because they're like if they don't don't want a relationship it feels like that's what people in a relationship do because like you know the people in the relationships communicate about what they want and like having the what are we conversation I've always been like so scared to have but then I was like hang on I can have this what are we conversation and say I want a casual relationship. It doesn't mean it has to be like I want something that's long term. So I just feel like in a lot of casual relationships, there's just this thing like you don't communicate because that's something that you do when you're, you know, you're actually properly dating somebody, which is just not true because how are you going to maximize that relationship? Like you have to communicate and you have to do it in all your relationships, Yeah, so true. It's like, why do we always think or mostly cis men think that situationships or or fuck buddies or these kinds of casual sex relationships, why do they think they're any different to communicating with, say, like your boss or a work colleague or your friends or your family? Like, it's still a relationship that you have in your life that you have to address. Like, you have to be communicative and actually express what you want and what you need. And it's just like anything. Like, you can't 
leave people assuming and you can't assume things either. So yeah, it's a great point. No, absolutely. And I've just seen that happen to me multiple times. So then the times that I have tried to set, like have these conversations and actually say like what I want. Um, it has been empowering, but then I think I just also, I don't know if it's just the men that I've gone for, <laughs> but they just like, they're very good. Also, I feel like it's just the anxious attachment attracting avoidance too. I'm shocker for that. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I just don't know. Like I even, I've found like I'm getting better and practicing. I'm like, yes, I need to communicate, be really open about this. Um, but they're just so good at telling you what you want to hear. Mm. and then not following through and Mm. it's just like what why are you fucking bothering like and I know I it's just I'm just like so I can keep you around and then not actually have to invest fully in you or whatever but I'm just like just if you like can't be fucked literally like meeting whatever expectations I have just tell me don't waste my Mm. time like it's just so annoying it is it's just so like it's just so easily avoided (laughs) it's so annoying um actually circling back to what you said before about the whole like how men don't um ask questions and things like that I just had a memory so I met this guy once I was looking at I guess I could kind of call him a friend now but um really beautiful human and he's like I think in like his late 30s early 40s so quite like emotionally mature I suppose um and I actually went over to his house to to look at his house um because I was potentially going to move in there and the conversation we had was exceptional like one of the best conversations I'd say I would I've ever had with a cis man because he actually asked me questions and like lots of questions and was really interesting. We're actually talking about sex and relationships because he's very interested in all of that stuff as well. And it was just like, so like eye opening. I was like, Whoa, like this is what it's meant to be like, you know? And it just felt so good to know there's actually men out there who are like that, but they are so rare. I feel no, 100%. Or, like, they're going to be older because, like, obviously, like, I'm 22. I did go mm. through a phase for two years where I was only dating under. So, like, people who were, like, 21, 20, terrible I was idea. always the terrible. same. I heard you say this in a podcast. I was listening to your podcast recently and I heard you say that and I was like, same girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was something about that yeah. power dynamic or something and yeah. I was just, like, I was obsessed and now I am just, like, fuck no I refuse to drop my tinder below like my age I'm like no I I need people who can like show up more Mm. and like you know have these communication skills and stuff but unfortunately they're often still not even there with like older men (laughs) but like yeah 100% and like the thing is like you remember that conversation because it doesn't happen all the time like and it's like it's just crazy how all they have to do it's just ask questions, be interested. Like it's not all about them, you know? And like, Mm. it's such a simple thing to do. And I also just don't know if it's because they don't know how to communicate between themselves either. Like anytime I hear cis men talking, it's always like sport or betting or drinking. Like it's, there's no depth to their conversations, you know? Oh my God. I actually, on this topic, I used to have a friendship group actually who, because I kind of had a falling out with my big friendship group, which was like a lot of women and femmes and it was great. And then had a falling out with them, but then made really 
close friends with a, a sort of smaller group within the bigger group of this group of tradie, gra- tradie guys. And me and my friend, who is a woman, we'd go and hang out with them. And like, I think I just found it kind of, I think it was kind of like a an experiment in my head. I feel like the Zoom's going to end, but <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And I just like was kind of like analyzing them because it was so interesting the way they interacted because I stopped drinking um a couple of years ago so I was always sober pretty much when I was around them and it was so interesting to watch their behavior and how they opened up the more I guess obviously the more drunk they got but when they were sober they were so boring like they had they would literally just all sit around kind of like they're like mate they've been mates for years and years and they have nothing to say to each other until they get drink in them I was like, yeah, hundred percent, fucked up. Like, wh- yeah, I felt so awkward. Like, I would always just do stupid shit to like entertain myself because I was so bored. With that story, like you've just told, like I feel like that just goes to show, like if they can't even have these conversations among themselves, how are they gonna do it with like women, afabs, fems, like how? How? You know what I mean? Mm. And like I haven't, I suppose, thought about it too much, but I'm like. They just, the whole, the whole, their whole system needs to change. How they approach all of their relationships (laughs) need to change. Oh, shit, yeah. For sure. It was just, like, so cringy to see it. Like, and you could see the tension in their bodies. Like, I'm I'm just very observant of people's body language, I guess, and stuff. And, like, you could just tell they were, like, holding themselves. Like, they weren't very comfortable. And this is around their own friends. And I'm like... God, and I'd actually slept with a couple of them. Um, <clears throat> one of them I was pretty good friends with, and he was the one, you know, before when I mentioned the looking at the pillow next to your head thing, he mm-hmm. did that. And I have a suspicion that maybe he actually isn't into women, but I don't know, because that group's just so, like, toxic, I feel like, and quite homophobic. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, kind of, hasn't come out yet or is struggling with his sexuality but yeah I I just got the feeling like the way he was like concentrating so hard to like come but like couldn't look at my face was like mm. and considering he was my friend as well and like we were sober this was like sober sex I was like dude why can't you mm-hmm. look at my face do you know mm, what I mean? I was like, do you just feel awkward because I'm your friend? But if that's the case, why Why is your dick inside me right now? <laughs> yeah, like why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? That's yeah. so interesting and it would be so yeah. interesting to know if he does that with everybody. Mm. Like it would be so interesting to know. Yeah, I had a friend yeah. who actually used to sleep with him and – she said their sex was really good. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not that. Maybe he's – I don't know, maybe he's not struggling with his sexuality. I'm not sure. I shouldn't just assume he's gay just because he's looking at the pillow next to my head. But, like, I just wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys are closeted gays because their friendship group is so, like, misogynistic and, like, homophobic and all the things. And I actually slept with another one of them as well. I was kind of seeing him a few years ago. And he was, like, this beautiful, sexy, like, oh, my God, so sexy, like, surfer, like, just a sculpture like a piece of art work mm-hmm. of art doll and I was like so thrilled to be fucking him because I felt so validated in myself and he would just like he definitely had like issues with premature ejaculation but 
he would just like come even when he was super drunk and you know how like sometimes they'll struggle to come like when they're mm-hmm. drunk or like to keep a heart or whatever yeah. so but he would like come like pretty much straight away even when he was like fucked up and then he'd just like roll over and like he did that so many times and we were like really good friends as well and one time one morning I said to him I was like I can't remember if I said this in person or or via message later that day <clears throat> but I was like dude like this sex that we're having sucks like do you realize that you haven't even touched me like once like this whole time like do you realize that you haven't even thought to like touch my clit or my tits mm-hmm. or like you've just like stuck your cock in and like fucked me for a bit and like do you think that's good for me like where is your head at <laughs> literally literally and like why does he not want to pleasure you in any way then and like if he knows that you know he's somebody who might like ejaculate ejaculate more quickly why don't he spend some time on you first or you know if he's gonna Mm. get you know um too aroused then and still ejaculate just from that why aren't you doing it afterwards like you've like you can't just expect to just literally stick your dick in once you're good I'm done oh it's so gross and I'm like horrified that I put up with that for so long but I think because I really liked him and he was so hot (laughs) this is like you know younger gem (laughs) I think I was just like yeah more more because like sometimes our sex was really hot and he would like spank me and it was like kind of like you know BDSM vibes and like really kinky and like we do kind of that kind of stuff and like slow it down but that was like when we were sober so I guess it was a little bit more Mm -hmm. conscious and I, I purposefully was like we need to slow down because you come really fast but I think there was mm-hmm. only like a couple of times that it was actually good. The rest, it was just like, just so fast. Like we literally camped together once and we were pretty drunk. Like we'd had like heaps of beers and stuff. And we're in the back of his troopy in the middle of basically nowhere, just me and him. And he fucks me for like two seconds, comes and then just like groans and like rolls over. And I was just like left there. Like this is romantic. Yeah. Real nice. <laughs> Mm, real nice <laughs> really enjoyable oh, that was. <laughs> I was, I've been there I've been there so many times and like the, the other thing is like I 100% I've gone back to people where it's like that situation because 100% like the validation there's just something I don't know like and just it, it's the same for I guess so many so many like women's women and like femmes and afabs we just this I don't we just go back even though we know like this is gonna suck but there's something about that sexual validation and I've tried to work on it with my psych I'm like we need to fix this (laughs) just keep living like this (laughs) oh my god therapy will save us all hopefully (laughs) hopefully (laughs) if not we're fucked (laughs) yeah actually god save us all all right so let's move on to the next question um I really want to chat about the friend zone because I feel like it's quite a controversial topic. Um, What are your thoughts and opinions on the friend zone? Yeah. So when I like hear friend zone, my first thought is just like my experiences and it comes to like more situationships when they're like, you're good enough to like keep around, but like, you're still like that friend that I just don't want to, I don't want to, you're not my girlfriend, you know? I don't want you to be my girlfriend. I don't want to take it to that next that um that next level. So I've found that that's often the case because if I'm being completely honest, there isn't many like cis men I'm actually friends with that it's not like it's either like 
there's something sexual going on with them. Mm. Um, so I haven't really had anywhere it's like, yeah, and in fact, they're not interested in me, then I that's generally where the relationship ends because they normally have come into my life because I might be interested in them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, for my, like, experience when I think of, like, a friend zone is definitely, like, situationships. And I feel like they, the pros and cons, pros and cons depending <laughs> on, like, on where you're at and, like, mm. what, I guess... I guess what you're what you're looking for but for me I found they are quite toxic they're quite one-sided because the person who's often putting you in that friend more friend part has more of the power especially if you're looking for something that potentially more or if you're finding it more intimate I found that I um at least in my experience I then don't necessarily have as much control over the situation even though I do like I can leave it I can do whatever but I find that often I'm still trying to get more from them or thinking you know if I just hang around for long enough or if I do this or if I do that or if I put up with this shit or not nag about that then maybe something will come of it and like it never happens it never Mm. happens I only know like maybe like one person who was who was like I'm using like quotation marks like stuck it out enough till Mm -hmm. I got to that relationship but then I look at like their relationship I'm like is that even worth it I was like, you had to put up with all this shit beforehand where they're not all in. They're wanting to, you know, date other people, but you want something monogamous. Why are you lowering your standards for this relationship label when you could meet somebody else, even if you have to wait a bit or for however long, you could find somebody else who's going to meet meet your needs. Um, mm. And I just, yeah, I've just found whenever I've been in that situation, even if I have tried to communicate really well, um, I, I've learned, I've honestly, I've learned a lot about myself in these moments because I learned that I don't necessarily will show up for what I need a hundred percent, if that makes sense. And like, I will be like, oh no, like I'm fine with like this being casual and like, but we're not going to see other people. So I'm like, hang on, why are we being like casual, but exclusive? but not going anywhere further. And I'm like, why am I dating somebody who 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 isn't like all in? And I know that even though I don't know if, like I had this thing in my mind, I was like, I don't know if I want to date you. you, you. <laughs> Let me start again. I've had it in my mind sometimes where I'll be like, I don't know if I actually want to date you yet and you'd be like my, my boyfriend or whatever. So I'll put up with this situation because I'm like, well, that's fine because I don't know if I want to date you yet. But I'm like, why am I putting time into somebody who I don't know if I want to date yet when they've already told me they don't want that mm. and they just want a friendship? Mm. And it was one of those, like, I remember it was only like a few months ago. I was like, why am I doing this? I was like, I'm actually, even if I get to the point that I realize, yeah, I do want to date you, what was the point? Because they've already told me like, no, you're in this box. Mm. We're not We're not going further. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's definitely like a big, like, power dynamic if you're mm. if you're somebody has put you in that position but you're still trying to pursue them totally totally yeah agreed um so I really want to talk to you about I guess we've we've talked about some red flags what would you consider some green flags with casual sex and dating yeah so for casual sex um there's three that I think are like big big green flags communication mm-hmm. For sure. Like if you're wanting something casual that you're both discussing that 
Um, you're discussing and setting your boundaries. If there's anything that changes with that, discussing it, having check-ins, seeing that like how it's going, I think is so, so important. Like you need to be able to check in and be like, okay, is one of us, are we still happy with this? Is somebody wanting, somebody wanting more? Like what, what's happening? Um, also like just the, the pleasure aspect, like, are we prioritizing each other's pleasure? Do we know how to pleasure each other? Is this a conversation we're actually having? I think is a really like good green flag. Especially somebody asks like, what gets you off? I'm like, oh my God, thank you for asking. Like, it's the bare minimum, but it's a green flag. Um, so, and like, if they're open and wanting to have those conversations, I also think another green flag is if they actually know what they want. There has been so many cis men that I've been like, what do you want? Or like, what do you like? And they're like, I don't know. I like, I like everything. Or like, I don't know. Or, or I'll say, what are your boundaries? And they go, oh, I don't have any boundaries. I'm up. Like, I'll do anything. And I'm like, <laughs> bullshit, you fucking will. I was like, I'm sure I could pull something on you right now. Literally. And you would be like, oh my God, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, I'll just put this huge dildo up your asshole. How's that sound? Literally. And the <laughs> amount of cis men who have literally been like, I don't have any boundaries. And I'm like, so you haven't even had like you haven't even thought about what you want. Like you, you, have you not don't even understand actually... the question. Literally. Like... Mm. No, 100%. So I think yeah, if a green flag if they actually know what they want, you know, they they understand their pleasure, they are asking about your pleasure, they're prioritizing prioritizing your pleasure as well. And then a third one is just like them being respectful of boundaries. Once again, bare minimum, but is a really good green flag if they especially if they ask amazing if they respect them and also like checking in especially if they know there might be a certain boundary um obviously the the, there's so many different types of boundaries but like you know checking in and making sure that everything's still good and like your um yeah the situation still feels like safe for you and it's good yeah totally because a lot of us like fawn especially like we might seem like we're lacking things like I just had a memory come to mind of a this older man that I was sleeping with, I met him on a dating app like a few years ago. He was like 35 and I would have been like 24 or something and went over to his house and he just like slapped me like in the bedroom, like no, pro- like he, he was in the kink community. I knew that. Um, and we'd spoken like, I obviously am quite kinky and I told him that, but we hadn't discussed any boundaries and he full on slaps me across the face and I was just like, what? <laughs> like, that's, yeah, and like, like that's a complete so violation. Fucked. Like, you can't just slap someone, dude, just because they've told you they're kinky. Yeah. You can't I assume what had... people's kinks are. No, and I've had the exact same situation. I, um, We hadn't even talked about, we literally one night stand. And they gathered that I, like, we were just, like, doing things, I guess, that normally when you're looking at, like, one night stands and, like, vanilla sex Mm. outside of that and Mm. there was just one moment like we had been drinking whatever but I was like there was so I don't remember exactly what position I was in but there was one moment and he just goes whack slaps me straight across the face and I was so taken aback and it hurt so much because he got like right on the cheekbone and like that like that fucking hurts and I was just like what the fuck just happened I was like where did this come from and I was like Maybe, like, and I never had it before. And I was like, well, I definitely didn't enjoy that. And I was like, now I don't know if it's just, like, I straight up just don't enjoy being slapped across the face or if it's also, like, we hadn't discussed it. Like, I was not prepared in any way for that to happen. Mm. And And it's not going to be hot. 
if it's non-consensual, no. it's not going to be no. hot. No. And, like, just because I might be, like, touching your ass does not mean you can just slap me across the face. Mm. Mm-hmm. So true. No, it's yeah, it was disgusting. it was fucked. And, like, that happened so many times. Like, not that exact scenario, but just so many times when they, like, somebody will just literally just, like, stick a finger in my ass. I'm like, hang on. What when is did I say? that? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Especially like, bro, in doggy. I haven't douched a Katie. You want shit on your finger? I don't think so. Literally. I'm like, I have IBS. You're playing a dangerous game. <laughs> Literally, dude, same. There's definitely going to be shit on your finger. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Literally. It's your own fault. It's your own yeah. fault. Life's last karma. <laughs> totally. And it's like just because it's another hole that's kind of near like your vagina hole doesn't mean that you can just put things in it whenever you like like that's a completely different area of the body and some people have trauma around that like you know I I had hemorrhoids for like a year like if someone put a finger like just shoved a finger in my ass I would have been in excruciating pain like that would have potentially damaged my you know my fucking rectum I don't know (laughs) like that shit is not safe do not ever do that No, literally. Mm. Oh my god, it's so ridiculous that like they they just I don't know they just do it. Whereas when I've had sex with like cis women, it was so there's so much consent being thrown mm. around. Like, can I do this? Can I choke you? Can I whatever? And it's not weird. It's just you just normal. <laughs> you can make it sexy. It's normal, literally. Mm. And it, this is the whole thing. Like, consent is so sexy. Like. I hate it when people like, oh, it kills the mood. It's like, does it really though? I'm pretty sure um, like violating my boundaries is killing the mood, babe, but. <laughs> Fucking earth. I know. And I'm like, obviously you haven't been doing it. And if you're thinking it kills the mood, because anybody who practices consent properly, it does not kill the mood. You know how to do it and how to throw it in a way that is it's sexy. It doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be weird. Like, it's so easy to be like, oh, can I touch you here? Would you like it if I did this? Like, you know, it's so easy. And it's so easy to learn, especially with all the stuff on social media. Like, that's how I learn about consent because I'm sure you were the same. But I didn't get any consent education in high school. Like, I'm 27. So, you know, 10 years ago, like, when I went through school, there was nothing like this, you know. It was just basically abstinence, like, and, you know, here's, like, STIs and contraception. So I, if I can learn all of that just from looking at posts on social media and talking to people and having these conversations, obviously I've studied sex, but like this is before then, um, you know, it's not that hard to learn how to ask for consent. There's so much stuff on the internet. <laughs> no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's so much, there's so many resources out there. And like you being somebody who's like, if you're having partner sex, you need to be actively looking at this information and trying to, you know, improve how you show up in sex and like the other person as well. Like it's such our like it's such an important thing to do now. Like there really isn't any excuses anymore. There's so many resources out there that like it's you know, you just there's just really no excuses. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Are there any other green flags that you want to add? If we went off on a huge tangent, I think, but I love it. I th- yeah, I think that for casual relationships, they're the main ones because any other ones I feel like are definitely more like for, I guess, more serious relationships. Mm. Like, you know, if you 
because like in a casual relationship you literally might only see them in your bedroom so Mm. then you don't know how they're necessarily interacting with people outside of that space so like Mm. there are other things I would look for like how they interact with other people and things like those type of green flags and that's just like how they show up in their life but I guess if you're only focused on like your relationship within a space like a bedroom then I feel like those things might not matter as much because you're not within those situations if that makes sense Mm. but then if you are obviously looking for like I don't know other things just literally like how they treat people how they communicate outside of that um just yeah I don't know just other like I guess yeah more relationshipy green flags yeah absolutely maybe we should do an episode on that at some point <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> I feel like that's kind of my jam at the moment because I've been in a relationship for about a year so all this casual sex stuff like doesn't feel super foreign to me but it's like I haven't thought about it in a while so it's interesting Mm -hmm. to have this conversation because I'm starting to get back into kind of casual dating and sex because I'm in a um, polyamorous relationship so yeah it's nice to like refresh just think about like the memories as well from from you know younger gem and like the people that I used to fuck I'm just like wow that was a mess wasn't it (laughs) bloody hell I feel you I fucking feel you oh my god um so how do you think we can better communicate as you know women afabs and femmes like better communicate our sexual desires and needs to our casual sex partners if if they are cis men yeah I feel like it's definitely starting with knowing your own desires and needs it's gonna start with yourself like if you do self-pleasure if you do do you know how to get like maximize your pleasure during um like you know touching yourself using toys whatever um if orgasm's your goal do you know how to reach an orgasm so I Mm -hmm. think it definitely starts with yourself and knowing what you want obviously you gotta have some exploration I can't even say the word exploration with that when Mm -hmm. you're using um with your like casual sex partners like there's going to be some times when you're like, what the fuck just happened? Did not enjoy that. But that's something you can then note. Okay. I know that's not something I desire or want. When I go into the next one, um, you know, I, I know that as in like that handy knowledge. And because obviously you can't know everything just from your own practice and your own pleasure practice of like, what you're going to like and not like when it comes to partnered sex and also you might like something with one person and then hate it with the next person Mm. like it's so diverse but I think just having a good base understanding knowing like okay clitoral stimulation is my thing if I'm using fingers this is exactly how I like it so then if you are having partnered sex you can either teach them how to do that or do it yourself incorporate it like I think that's a yeah good start also just trying to build your confidence like trial and error just try communicating with them it can be fucking terrifying at the start like I know so many people who just get so scared about communicating what they want they fake orgasms they just don't want to like speak up and say hey I actually am not enjoying what's happening right now and I've had moments where it's like it's it sounds so bad but moments where it's like oh should I just push through this because I know it's only probably gonna last for another couple minutes or do I take the time to stop it and that sometimes that mental battle of like Mm. is it even worth you know trying to turn this around but (laughs) I think just yeah trying to build your confidence is really really important and and that's going to be trial and error you can't just you know walk into your first first route and think yep I've got this some people will amazing 
I and but for some people it's gonna really take time it might take having sex with them a few times but I think just trying to you know find ways to do it like say if somebody's rubbing your clit and they're actually rubbing like your left labia and you're like what the fuck this is not so good <laughs> like being like being like either grabbing their hand and be like oh actually like this really feels good because sometimes you're like oh to the right actually no left uh mm. it's just like they're never gonna get it or being like um I don't know like oh, let, let me show you how I like to do it. Because mm. also for a lot of cis men, they think that's so hot. Mm, like totally. if you're somebody who goes and just like does it yourself, like that's so hot. And so I feel like then being like, yeah, look, like, look how I do it or guiding their hand, doing it together, like taking some control mm. because your pleasure is also your responsibility. Like if you're not communicating what your sexual desires are, then like, you, you can't expect them to just know what you're doing and they're going to assume that what they're doing is great especially if like you're being a bit more performative and maybe moaning more or you know faking orgasms they're just going to think like oh this is this is great so I think just finding the confidence and like it might take years it could take you might get it straight away could take the right person to really connect do it and then build your confidence from there but definitely building confidence And then I also think another is communicating before sex. So I feel like if you have conversations with the person, if you are planning on having sex with them and that time does come up that you can have that conversation, it can really, I guess, change how you both then show up in that sexual encounter because you both might already know what each other is looking for or wants and be able to just be that step ahead. They might not execute it perfectly, but at least they they kind of know. And it might be a bit, I don't know if like intimidating is the right word, but I've struggled with this sometimes because I might be going on a date, but I don't want them to sexualize me straight away or I don't know if it's going to be something casual if I'm looking for that long term if I don't really have like a defined this is what I'm looking for Mm. so I won't want to talk about it because I'm like I don't want them to then be like oh fuck yeah I'm just gonna get a root like you know what I mean Mm. but then I've also found the downfall of not communicating it so I guess it's once again trial and error of working out how that person like how you're connecting with them if it's like the safe space to do it because then I have had times when I've gone on a date we've talked about it we've gone home together and it's just been fucking mind-blowing and it's just like the best Mm. so I think yeah just trying to find that balance because there's going to be some people who you meet or who are messaging you on a dating app and you just know like nah this is just going to be it's not going to be it it's not not potentially worth the time um or yeah it can just be it can be that hard space if you're like I feel like it's going to go down another tangent, but <laughs> I feel like... Go for it if for you like. Some, yeah, I feel like for some people, if they're unsure, if they want a relationship or not, I feel like a lot of, like, um, like women, AFABs, femmes might feel like if they do bring up that sexual conversation, then that's going to cut that relationship off because then it's like, oh, no, you're just going to be somebody sexual for me. And, like, all those stupid rules, like, you can't have sex on the first date, all that. I hate all those. But, like, I sometimes feel like they might not want to, ha- like, bring up that conversation because they don't want to then just be put into, yeah, this is just a fuck, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely agree with all of all of you. Said- all- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on that topic before we move on? 
No, I think that was, I think that was, yeah, the main thing. Just like, yep, knowing your desires, building your confidence and then like communication. There were some really great tips there. I hope, I hope people take this on board because like, it's honestly not that it's, it's actually quite simple really, isn't it? Like you don't have to, you don't have to like overthink it too much. Just communicate, like work out what your boundaries are, like, you know, work out what you like, masturbate, self-pleasure, work out what feels good for you. Yeah, I feel like it's, yeah. 100%. And, like, it's so simple as even just in the moment when you're having sex, even if you don't know all those things, what feels good? If mm. it's not feeling good, change it up. Tell mm. them to change positions, do things differently. You don't have to stick it out until they initiate change or just stick it out in general. If it's not feeling pleasurable, you like, it's so simple. If it's not feeling good, say something. Or mm. you don't have to say, hey, what you're doing I don't like. Just be like, hey, let's try this. And, like, most of them won't even bat an eyelid. Like, if you're literally, like, in one position, you're just like, this isn't it. Let's do this instead. They're not going to be like, oh, my God, I must have sucked in that position. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, they wouldn't change mm-hmm. positions. Like, yeah, exactly yeah. right. And some positions just don't really hit the spot either. So maybe just being like, oh, that's not really hitting my, like, my G spot or my cervix or it's not hitting a spot that feels good in my pussy. So can we try this position that I like? You know, if you say if you say it in that way, they're going to be like, oh, fuck, yeah, because most decent people will want you to be feeling pleasure and want you to be feeling good so they're going to be like yeah sure let's change it up a hundred percent yeah absolutely um what advice would you give to young women afabs and fems who are navigating the challenging world of dating cis men yeah it's challenging (laughs) (laughs) i think (laughs) i think the biggest thing is being yourself It can be so hard sometimes to really show up as your authentic self. I know, like, me in particular, I, like, will try and put on a certain facade or whatever I feel like is going to attract them in the most. But it's like, no, you need to be yourself if you're – you're wanting to attract people that are gonna you're gonna have good sex with good relationships with whatever. You need to actually show up as your, like, true authentic self. So I think definitely just trying to be yourself as much as you can because – like whether they stick around or not or whatever like it's you want people who want to choose to have you in your life so you don't want to have to be like you know putting on this this you know this like I used to always be the cool girl you know I would put brush everything off like no that's fine like yeah Mm. I don't care like I don't care if you treat me like shit like Like, I'm I'm chill as fuck (laughs) yeah I'm so chill I'm just like one of the boys but you get to fuck me like (laughs) yeah I was like like that too (laughs) yeah and now I'm like no fuck no I'm like I it's not worth my time and if they think I'm some you know like I'm just too full full on or whatever they're gonna fucking call it I'm like cool bye go find your cool girl who you know hasn't got to this stage yet like that that's fine Mm. um so I think yeah definitely being yourself understand your boundaries like um for me, for instance, I've now got a boundary in place only through literally like trial and error. I just found myself getting in situations that didn't feel good to me. So now I have a boundary where like I won't um, do like a Netflix and chill situation because I don't like somebody either coming to my space or me going into theirs with this preconceived idea that there's going to be sex on the card if it's off a dating app and I haven't actually met them because I'm very mm. big on like the in-person energy and I need that connection um to be able to have sex with them so then I found I kept getting myself in situations where 
I was going in there, they're expecting it, but I'm not good. I well, I wasn't good at like communicating. Like, actually, no, I'm not, I'm not really feeling this. I'm going to go. I'd find it just easy to have sex and then leave. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, that's a gr- great lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Here's a boundary I can put in place so I don't find myself in a situation like like that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and like, unfortunately, you just have to, it's through those experiences that you can work out what your boundaries are because until you're in a situation where you don't feel comfortable, you realize you don't like something, um, it might be a bit harder to know actually like what your boundaries are. Um, yeah. So I think that's another one. Don't also don't lower your standards. It's not worth it. We've all done it, but it's just continually every time I do it, it's not worth it. Every time I'm like, why <laughs> did I fucking do that? And I also get like, you know, when you got you know, like me, as I said before, I'm such an anxious attachment. So like I will easily lower my stand for somebody as soon as I activate that anxious attachment. Like even if there was somebody who just like I like, you know, fucked and then wasn't really wasn't like, oh, I didn't even know if I liked them. But then they all of a sudden show me that they're not interested. I'm like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. Like, <laughs> just yeah. don't. Like, it's not, it's not worth it. I'm so, and I was, I've been such a shocker for it, but I'm improving. I'm getting better. Yeah. But it takes, it takes time. It takes so much time and so much strength to be like, <laughs> yeah, no, does, put your it? fucking self first. So yeah, definitely don't lower your standards. Easier said than done. Um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you need some cock. <laughs> Yeah, literally, sometimes you just fucking do. Um, And also, I guess, just, like, it's okay to try, to try all these different things, try these different relationship dynamics and for it not to work. Like, this trial and error that I guess I keep coming back to, like, it's just a part of the process. It's a part of, like, finding what you like. So I guess, like, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you look back on a relationship and you're like, oh, why the fuck did I stick around? Like, yeah, well, my friends told me I shouldn't have done that. But, like, you just – you can't – you just got to learn yourself. Like, yeah. it's so easy for somebody else to be like, you shouldn't – you shouldn't be having casual sex with this person or, you like, they're not good for you. Like, I can see how anxious you're getting, whatever. But I think you've just – it's – relationships are one of those things you got to learn yourself and have that moment and that process and that self-awareness. So I feel Mm -hmm. like trial and error is such an important thing and, like, just be kind to yourself during that process because, like, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything else you'd like to add um, in relation to dating and casual sex before we wrap up? No, I don't think there's anything in particular. I feel like especially that last point kind of just summarized mm. summarize it like, yeah, just yeah. being kind to yourself and enjoying yourself. Have fun with it. Like even if you're fucking them, it's a one-night stand. Fucking have fun. Like yeah. enjoy yourself. Yeah. Fuck yeah to that. Um, Where can my listeners find you, Emily? Yeah. So on Instagram, you can find my page. It's called That's Orgasmic. Um, Also have a podcast, That's Orgasmic. Um, Obviously, same name. And then also my website is emilyduncansexology.com. Um, also just started an Instagram for that, but I don't know how active I'm going to be on it. Um, mm. It's just called Emily Duncan Sexology because I feel like that's orgasmic's my baby. <laughs> the main places you can find me. Yeah, cool. Do you want to chat a little bit about your um, sex coaching? Yeah, so I'm offering sex coaching for individuals and couples. Uh, It's all completely online, so super accessible. And just 
providing this I guess sessions to help you have the sex that you want to have I want you to be able to come in and be like okay I'm either struggling with this or I want to be able to experience this and helping you get there building your knowledge um, and providing you with the tools and the confidence uh, to be able to do that so working with a whole heap of different things from like sexual pain pleasure orgasms desire um, working with penises as well, so any like premature ejaculation, erection difficulties, exploring kink, sexuality, all of that like good stuff. So yeah, that's it in Yay. a nutshell. So excited for you launching your biz. I know it's so exciting and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a little bit terrifying in the beginning, but I'm sure you'll get some clients in no time. Like your energy is just so like uplifting. Like I love chatting to you. thank you thanks so much for coming on the podcast thanks so much for listening to this episode of blood slut i'm having a black friday sale until the 28th of november 2022 my signature online course blood magic is on sale for 50 percent off that means you'll be paying only 250 australian dollars for a course valued at over two grand Payment plans are available. All of the details are in the show notes, including a link to enroll in the course. All you have to do is use the code BLACKFRIDAY at checkout. 